Hello, um, welcome back. It's been a little while and I've just been really busy, but I haven't forgotten you and um, I have some things I want to talk today, talk to you about today regarding guilt and not just the guilt of the actual perpetrator, the abusive person, but the guilt that we as the abused person carry. Um, you know, we're heading, well, we're, here it is right after Thanksgiving and Halloween has passed and we're getting ready to head into our winter holidays with Christmas and New Year's and Hanukkah and all the other winter holidays that we celebrate. And this can be a stressful time for people. And I just want to wish everybody a happy and safe holidays, especially if I don't get to talk to you again until after the first of the new year. And just remind you that if you or someone you know is being abused, that you can call the National Domestic Violence Hotline. That number is 1-800-799-7233. That's S-A-F-E. That's the last four numbers. So it's 1-800-799-SAFE. And I'll have that number down in the description for you as well. So getting back to talking about guilt, obviously, well, I don't want to say obviously, but I'm assuming that people who are abusive have some sort of guilty feeling in the back of their head or in the back of their minds or somewhere. I think that they know whether or not they acknowledge it, whether they actually um, respond to their own guilt. And I think some of them do. That's how that honeymoon phase comes about. But anyway, they're obviously the guilty person. But the other guilt that we don't think about, and this is the guilt that the victims carry and I see this a lot in the groups that I participate in. Some of the ladies, um, you know, they've, they've been abused and they've taken the steps to report it to the police and that person gets arrested and now they're in jail and they're facing um, criminal charges. And these women in the groups that I'm in, most of them are women, um, they're feeling guilty because this person's in jail. And it's a struggle for them because... Logically, they know that this person's done something terrible. They've done te something terrible to them. And yet they're feeling bad because that person's in jail and going to be in a lot of trouble. And, you know, there's some irony in that. And it's hard to understand. And it's part of the dynamic that we go through as the victim. And it explains a lot why, you know, it, it's all linked together. Why we don't leave. Why we let this continue to happen to us. It's a dynamic. And, um, it's something that can even be intensified by the people around us who don't really understand or don't think that it was quote that bad, all these different things. And so they may actually be getting ridiculed or criticized by the people who are saying things to them like, well, it's your fault. He's in jail or, you know, he, you know if you'd just be a better wife and all these different things that people say, um, you know, so there, there's that instance, but I wanted to talk about something else that I've actually just recently learned about. I didn't know that this was a thing until recently. And, and, um, it's called reactive violence and it's different from domestic violence. So domestic violence is, is used to control, Okay, it's used to control somebody. Reactive violence is a response to that that violence. 
so for for instance if if you're not normally somebody it's, yeah it is it's something that you wouldn't normally do so if you're constantly being criticized and nagged and verbally abused or um you've been physically abused and you've decided to fight back it's a response it's not the initial instigation it is a response to the way somebody's treating you and it's not something that you would normally do and sometimes you'll see situations where uh, a person who's being abused has fought back and that person actually ends up getting arrested for being abusive as well and I think that's wrong and there's some things that I want to discuss about it and let me just say this too before I even get there I think it's wrong however I understand that when the police officers come to a situation where two people have been fighting and um, they're both, you know, marked up, that it's not their job to sort it out. It's their job to put an end to whatever's happening and let the legal system figure it out. And so that's why sometimes two people could end up getting arrested when really it's one person that's the problem. So there's that situation. And then... Um, sometimes there's situations where, uh, you, you know, a stronger person may actually be abusing a weaker person, but the stronger person ends up with the visible marks on them because, for instance, a woman may have scratched at him or something like that and put scratch marks on him where he was just, you know, physically doing something to her but didn't necessarily put marks on her and she may end up being the person getting arrested and there's some, there's some real problems with this kind of thing and I don't have a solution I'm just saying that this is a phenomenon that's happening just to bring awareness and honestly if any of you have some kind of a, a solution or other insight to it I would love to hear what you think about it um, you can email me at I survived childhood at gmail.com if, if this is something that you want to discuss I would love to hear what your thoughts are on that but anyway um, these are scenarios that we see and it's easy to make a judgment like oh she's just a raging maniac you know and he was trying to calm her down or something like that but we don't always know what's going on behind closed doors um, so to be fair and just knowing you know my own dynamics and what happened behind the scenes I want to tell you a little story about something that happened early in my relationship. And, and I felt guilty about this for a very long time. But then after learning about this reactive violence, I think I have a better understanding. And I, I want to tell you what happened and what my thoughts are on it. So early in our relationship, um, we were arguing about something. Of course, I don't remember. I never remember what we're arguing about. I just remember the incident. And um, we were in the kitchen, and he had me pinned up against the counter, and he wouldn't let me go. And I'm struggling to get, get away from him, and we're screaming and yelling at each other's face. And I slapped him, and my hand came across his ear. Well, he immediately let me go, and he's clutching his ear, and he's in a lot of pain. And, and you know, it was never my intention to really hurt him in that way. I just wanted him to let go of me. And so I felt bad immediately that he responded that way. I wasn't, you know, I really wasn't trying to inflict pain. I just wanted to get loose. So he left and he went to the hospital. And of course it was hours before he came home because 
you know how it is when you go to the emergency room you never just get in and out it always takes hours and he comes home and apparently I had broken his eardrum and so I felt terrible I really did I did you know it wasn't my intention to hurt him I never wanted to hurt him um and even to this day I don't want to hurt him I don't that's just not the way I am I just I just don't want to inflict pain on people it's not what I it's not what I'm like I don't do that and I'm sure that some of you can relate to this um so anyway I, yeah I felt I felt terrible about this and and even this we're talking something that's over 30 years ago and I up until recently was still feeling really bad about it like in questioning myself sometimes like are you abusive you know did you have to do that um, and then I learned about this reactive violence, and it was very enlightening for me. So I started thinking about what had happened, and it occurred to me, you know, he had gone to the hospital. Now, back then, I don't know what he told him because I wasn't with him, but I don't think back in the 90s, late 80s and 90s, that they did as much questioning um, about you know were you are you in an abusive situation first of all and second of all even today there's still stereotypes about men being abused versus women being abused and that you know it's not as bad for a man or a woman can't abuse a man and we know that that's not true and I'm not justifying anything I'm just stating the the prejudice that we still have about domestic violence so nothing ever came of it after that I mean he healed we never talked about it once the incident was over it's just something that played in my mind for a very long time and think you know as I'm rec recalling what had happened um you know it's kind of surprised that I I never was approached by the police and and the only thing I think that saved me was these early prejudice that we had back at that time it may not be the same if this happened now um so anyway I thought about that and then I thought about well you know this happened in our home in a relationship where we were living together as a couple but what if this happened out in public and say I was in a, in a you know a bar or something like that and some man pinned me up against the bar and I slapped him you know, people might be stunned, um, but may also have a different reaction because this is not somebody that I didn't know that it would have been considered self-defense. And yet when we're in our homes, it's almost like we're not allowed to defend ourselves. If we fight back and, and do those physical things that we need to do sometimes to get away, and we're the ones who inflict some kind of physical damage then all of a sudden the tides have turned and now we're not a victim anymore but we're a perpetrator and I think that's really really super unfair in a domestic situation um, although like I said earlier you know it's not necessarily a police officer's responsibility to sort it all out they may have some authority on that in the in the field when they're doing their job but they don't know everything they don't know exactly what happened they only can go by what people tell them and what they see and their professional judgment and so um, sad as it is this domestic reaction 
I mean, not domestic, this um, reactive violence is another thing that we need to start learning about. And we're talking, you know, I've been, it's been 30 years almost, over 20 since I've been working on trying to heal myself and getting over this. And, and for the most part, I feel great. You know, I don't, I don't struggle with these things like I used to, but I still have things that I'm processing even now and learning about. And I just think, you know, we're progressing in some ways and that we're acknowledging that there's no, there's really no boundaries as far as the domestic violence phenomenon. It's not just poor people. It's not just one race. It's not just males and females. It's not just men on women. It could be a woman on a man. It could be in same-sex relationships. You can be poor. You can be rich. You can be any color on the color spectrum. And these things happen in all societies. And yet, we still don't fully understand it. And we're just recently coming to acknowledge it and um, accept that this is a really a problem in our society. And so, although I don't have any clear answers, because like I said, this is fairly new to me, I do have a better understanding than I did a couple of weeks ago. And I wanted to put it out there for other people to think about and ponder and discuss, because if we come together and we start talking about these things instead of hiding it like we've traditionally done, then we can maybe come to a solution and an understanding. So although my understanding is new and fairly limited and really just limited to my own experience, I did want to put it out there and hopefully, um, it'll strike up some conversations. Please let me know what your thoughts are. Again, my email is isurvivedchildhood at gmail.com. Wishing all of you a happy, safe holiday season. Um, enjoy your holidays coming up, and I will be back hopefully soon. Have a great day.